Good morning. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Psalm 133. Psalm 133, starting to read at verse 1. How good and pleasant is it when brothers live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robes. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life for evermore. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for these Psalms of David. And we just pray that as we look at this one this morning, you will just speak to us through it as we come to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, one of the things that has been hard to cope with for many people during this period of COVID restrictions is separation. Separation from family members. Not being able to meet during events such as weddings and funerals, birthdays and new births. Separated from those we know who are in nursing homes or in hospitals. Not being able to meet in church. You know, over these past months, we've had to find new ways in order to keep unity, in order to keep families united, such as we can use YouTube, WhatsApp, Zoom, and even the telephone, and also letters. The importance of unity is the theme of this short psalm. Now, you're probably aware of the saying, every picture speaks a thousand words. Well, in Psalm 133, David paints us a picture that speaks volumes. David is king, king of the nation of Israel, and it was his duty to keep the people united. And in this psalm, he speaks of the importance of the people being united, yes, with each other and also united with God. Now, David knew the history of Israel. He knew that their relationship with God was one of a series of broken relationships and then restored relationship. He himself experienced family friction and disunity within his own family. Now David possibly wrote this psalm at the beginning of his reign as he was in the process of bringing a divided nation together. And this is a song that would have been sung by the people down the years long after the death of David. As the words of this psalm unfold, its readers would form wonderful images of things that are close to their hearts. And for those on the way to Jerusalem to worship together at the temple, well, they would be filled with expectation of the things that they would see when they arrived, the sounds that they would hear at the temple and in Jerusalem and the fellowship and the friendship that they would enjoy together. So we can understand why this psalm became known as one of the psalms of ascents. Now David, in these few words, he draws our attention to the importance of our relationship to God. And he does it by drawing us a picture of what it should be like. So, the first thing he shows us is how important it is to God that we are united in him. So, verse 1. 
how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Let's just stop for a moment. Let's consider, first of all, David tells us that it pleases God. You know, in Hebrews 11, verse 6, it tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. But here, God is pleased. Secondly, as he speaks to Israel, David reminds them that they are God's people. You know, if you go to the book of Exodus, um, you, you will see this phrase, my people, they are my people. Uh, repeated, I think it's about 27 times. And thirdly, the unity that pleases God is when his people are united in him. So how does this apply to us today? Well, let's just listen to part of the prayer that Jesus prayed prior to his arrest. And let us remember that he is praying for us. He's just been praying for his disciples, those he's with. Now he's praying for you and I. You can find this in John 17, verse 20 through to 23. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they might be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity, that the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. So that's Jesus praying for you and I. Well, back to the psalm. David now draws the picture of the anointing of Aaron. So verse 2. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. You know, this oil from Aaron's beard would have run down onto the breastplate that was inlaid with 12 precious stones, representing the 12 tribes of Israel, reminding them that they were his chosen people. And it's as though this oil would run down, anointing them as it ran down these 12 stones. Now, to understand David's point, he takes us and the people who are reading this psalm back to remind them of the holiness of God. So we need to go back to Exodus chapter 30. And let's just read a few verses. Verse 25 through to verse 30. Make these into a sacred anointing oil. That's the ingredients for the oil. Make these into a sacred anointing oil, a fragrant blend, the work of a perfumer. It will be the sacred anointing oil. Then use it to anoint the tent of meeting, the ark of the covenant law, the table, all of its articles, the lampstands and its accessories, the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering, and all its utensils and the basin with its stand. You shall consecrate them, so they will be most holy 
and whatever touches them will be holy. You see here, the law, the tabernacle, and all its furnishings are prepared for the sacred dwelling place of God. And this oil would fill the, the whole place with the fragrance of God's presence. Verse 30, anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them so they may serve me as priests. Say to the Israelites, this is to be my sacred anointing oil for the generations to come. Well, how does this apply to us today? You see, this is representing one, or representative of one who was to come. The one who is the anointed son of God, Jesus. The one who is our high priest. And our high priest is greater than Aaron. Hebrews 4 verse 14, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firm to the faith we profess. See the contrast there? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. It is this faith, this faith in Jesus that we have that pleases God. Let's go to Hebrews 7, verse 27. Unlike the other high priest, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself. That line, Jesus sacrificed for our sins and it was a once and for all sacrifice. Back to the psalm, David then moves from the spiritual blessings to God's daily provision. So we come to verse 3. It is as if the Jew from Hermon falling on Mount Sion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. You know, Mount Hermon, it's the highest mountain in the region, and it's permanently covered in snow. And this melting snow runs down into the River Jordan. Today, it actually has a, a ski resort on part of the mountain. And it's sometimes referred to as the Snowy Mountain or the Grey-Haired Mountain. It's actually 200 miles away from Jerusalem. But even in the days of David, the melting snows of Mount Hermon ran down as rivers to create a fertile, well-watered area in the midst of a dry land. And it was as if the, the, the moisture, the dew, would just come down from the mountain and just water the land around it. David is not saying that there was literally streams of water running down Mount Sion. But he is using this as an illustration to illustrate the blessings that the Lord showered down on his people, Israel, in Jerusalem. David, in this short psalm, knits together two things that are essential for unity with God. Essential for us to be united with God. One the oil that ran down from Aaron's head onto his robes as he was declared holy by God. We need to think about that. The second is, the dew that fell on Zion was speaking of 
God refreshing his people as he provided for them. Let's take those two thoughts with us as we consider this. God's provision and God's holiness washes over his people as they are united together with each other and with him. So how does this psalm apply to us? Well, let's go back into the Old Testament again. God told Abraham that the Lord will provide. This is when he was asked to offer his son Isaac as a sacrifice and God stopped him and said, no, you have done all that you need to do to illustrate this fact. So we come to verse uh, 13 and 14 of Genesis 22. Abraham looked up and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. And he did provide. Let's go back to Hebrews 1 and verse 3. The sun, this is God's sun, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. You see, God provides purification for sins. And it is by the blood of Jesus. The blood that washes away our sin. And the oil that ran down Aaron's head and beard speaks to us of the Holy Spirit, bringing sanctification, his presence, making and declaring us holy before God. This is why Paul could say in 2 Corinthians 21 verse 22, Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us. He put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. And you know what is to come is this unity through Christ with God. Ephesians 4, 1-6 As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So, the theme of separation. But we're speaking about unity. We're speaking about us being united with God through what Jesus has done and being united with each other, as Paul has just reminded us from 2 Corinthians. So let me just uh, read this psalm again. As we just think of it, not as one of those on the way to Jerusalem to worship God, but those who are worshipping God on their way to be with him, either when he returns or when we go to be with him. 
how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It's like precious oil poured on their head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessings, even life forevermore. Let's just say amen to that. Amen.